0: FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty.
1: The Blizzards are following up from their last single "Friction Burns" with their brand new single "Trigger Me." Musician, author, podcaster brezzy joins me now. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So "Trigger Me," it's a great single.
0: Yeah, it was. It was kind of um back to. I was chatting to Aiden, the guy I was producing it with, and I said to him like, I just wanted sound like we just plugged in and played, like that garage band sound that mm-hmm. we started as. And I think even we for the last couple of years we kind of got so caught up with production and and if you even listen to music nowadays it's 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 so massively produced and i kind of wanted to go back to plug in and play and write good parts and not try to put a massive orchestra in to try to make up for the fact that we don't have any good parts of our songs so <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what we did in it. it went back to the garage band how we started in Dex's bedroom
1: But it's funny, actually, that you say that, because I find there's a lot doing that. They're kind of rethinking maybe what they were doing or changing it up slightly and kind of going back to that rawness.
0: Yeah, I think that is it. I'm always asked for advice, like younger bands. And I say, do your best not to lose that rawness because Mm. the industry will taint you very quickly. You will spend yourself bowing over for radio, for Spotify playlists, and you'll get so far down that rabbit hole. You look at yourself and go, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. I don't even know what kind of band we are. And that's because you will, you can often be led. And mm-hmm. I think as a band, you have to stand back and go, right, what is it we want to do? And if it doesn't fit in, it doesn't fit in. But there's nothing worse. And I've done it. I, you know, I've been in this industry a long time. There is nothing worse than trying to change yourself to appease, you know, like radio, like Spotify, mm-hmm. and then looking at what you did and going, oh my God, that's terrible. That's not us at all. I'd much rather just do what we love and what represents us as the music that we love, like we grew up for me and probably the most pristine time for guitar music in the nineties when you had like the best rock bands that ever lived that we're still listening to now that that's how we were brought up and still massively influences us. You know, I still look at my playlists and that's what I listen to. I, I'm, I'm still listening to Pearl Jam 10, you know, one mm-hmm. of the greatest records ever made Um, because there was so much depth to it. And I think I'm missing that a little bit at the moment with how music has kind of been, you know the whole industry has changed and it's always changed it'll always adapt it is what it is but I do think we have to very much respect the art of the album
1: and I read somewhere that the single trigger me is about the importance of kind of boundaries is there an element of maybe that obviously boundaries are a bigger discussion and they they can go from every different angle but with music and how it's changing is there an element of it in that as well
0: yeah, well, the, the idea of the song was basically I had, um, it's funny, obviously, I'm a mindfulness therapist and Louise mm-hmm. and is a psychologist and we're always expected to be these perfectly level-headed, <laughs> never never lose or cool. And that's just such nonsense. Pressure you pressure know, as well, my isn't quote? it? It is. But one of my favorite quotes is sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is tell somebody to feck off. And that's yeah. true. You literally have to be assertive and stand your ground. And there is people who will rinse you of every ounce of your energy if you let them. And I think "Trigger Me" is about those types of people. Mm-hmm. They're not bad people, you know. They're they're often just passing on their own stuff onto you, and it, that's what the song's about. It's about being really assertive with these boundaries and going, "No, no, actually, you know what? And I'm not, I'm not actually taking that, and I'm going to stand up to it." And I think the song is a lot of fun, and it, it wasn't the serious end of you know what we talk about. It was, it was having a bit of crack with that mate that. You just go, oh, my God, I can't go for a drink with that lad because he just he whinges for five, five hours, you know, and he rinses me of my life. And that's the type of boundaries we were talking about in Trigger Me. But uh, obviously it was kind of played off relationships. But, yeah, no, the, the song as well was just based around that riff, that guitar riff. And one of the things I said to the guys is like, I want to start writing riffs again, that 13 and 14 year olds mm-hmm. learning guitar want to play. So that's how I learned. I used to go, I love that riff. I'm going to learn that riff. So I said, it'd be great if we actually wrote songs where other younger artists were like, geez, I'd love to learn that riff and play that riff. And the stuff that we've coming is kind of very much based around that.
1: You've been putting a lot of those up on TikTok as well, haven't you?
0: Yeah, it's great, crack. Yeah. All the songs you know the band aren't going to want to work on. You just put them on TikTok and say, "Listen, someone else to take these. I don't <laughs> write them." And TikTok's actually—I have a love-hate relationship with it. I do. There's been a lot of posts around TikTok and how it's not, you know, musicians and artists aren't content creators. It's not what we want to be. It's mm-hmm. a pain in the absolute hole, to be honest with you. Uh, but it is what it is. It's it's what's happened. And for example, I purely see TikTok as nothing other than the marketing tool for bands. And if you look at like, there's other parts of being in a band that are really difficult, like promo tours are really hard and tiring and stuff. So there's there's always going to be something about being in a band or being an artist that's difficult and, and testing and challenging. And I think TikTok is that for a lot of people. I don't, I would rather not to have to do it. I really wouldn't. I, I'd rather focus purely on writing the best possible tunes we can write. But it's part of the industry now. And the thing that kind of terrifies me, though, is that record labels are using it as the metric to sign artists. That is not where you should be signing artists because what happens then is labels just don't want to do the marketing. The marketing is already done by TikToks. They're like grand, don't have to spend money on that. It's already rocking, let's sign that. And to me, the real beauty of record labels is when they develop artists. Like you look at someone like Hozier. Mm -hmm. You think Hozier would have started on TikTok. That was development. That was four or five years. I remember seeing him at 15 years of age. He came over to London to write with us. And I knew the minute I heard a note coming out of his mouth, this guy's on a different, different stratosphere, like this is a different level. And he was protected, he was managed and he was developed. And five, six years later, take me the church comes out, global star, because he was protected. That doesn't happen on TikTok and it won't happen on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I that's my favorite record labels that they 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 purely use TikTok as a as a fast track to to artists. And, and you're not going to get the likes of Hosier on TikTok. That's not where you're going to see him.
1: Yeah, which is kind of a shame too, that it's kind of going that way. Although there is some great artists on there, but it's almost, that's almost like an add-on. You kind of want it as an add-on, not your main thing, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, well I I think the artists are brilliant. It's just the fact that record labels kind of find themselves just going on TikTok, whereas they used to go to shows, they used to find somebody, like even Ed Sheeran. I was living in London when Ed Sheeran was starting to break and I remember seeing him in an absolute terrible, terrible pub (laughs) with a loop pedal. You know, with people kind of going, who is this guy? And same thing, that was just development. He was given space and he he grew into you know a global superstar. And I think if you're just if you're just going to TikTok because somebody has a trending song and you expect them, you you could get them, you could sign them and then they could be terrible live. They could be really Mm -hmm. nervous. They could be, you know, what you want are superstars in pop music. That's what you want. People who have and that takes time to develop. You know, that doesn't happen overnight.
1: And I suppose that's with everything. You kind of have to learn what you're doing as well. You know, you need to, as you say, give, be given that space to be able to do that and make mistakes and, and all that fun stuff.
0: Absolutely. But like one of the things I often say to you, if I asked you now, like like name, I could probably name 50 pop stars that have come out in the last three, two years that are, are already gone. Mm. You know, sad. and, and, yeah, and that that is down to this type of uh, assembly line factory line signing it's you know and it's radios play songs by artists and they're great songs and then you're like where's that artist gone mm-hmm. so that's not what you want that's not good for the pop industry what's what's good for the pop industry is superstars that's what pop music was always built on your princes your you know your your ed sheerans that that's what you want and i think we have to be very much uh, celebrating that rather than people who thrown into the deep end without uh without, not being able to swim and it's it's not a good place to be for an artist. So good manager is what I would say is get a good manager who can protect you from that.
1: We must go back to your video. That must have been really great fun. It looked like really good fun to do.
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, what's beautiful about all that is like, there's a creative team that we work with in Mullingar and over the pandemic, we were all living there and we couldn't Mm -hmm. go anywhere. We just started connecting with them. That's the, I I was in school with them, like Andrew Cullen and Tanya Cullen and uh, Deglan and, and these guys, they were a creative team called Bronte and I said like let's just work together like we want to create concept for the video for the visuals for the music the whole lot and we sat down with them in a place called Mears Court just as outside Molongar amazing place and it just all felt right and we were working together and in this video for Trigger Me was just it was just banter it was one day we went in and we all sat around a big posh table and it was like Bridgerton meets come dine with me <laughs> that was what the vibe was and we went with it, you know, and I think it's brilliant working with creative teams, but it's also brilliant to let it go and go, you do it, lads. I don't want to worry about this. Mm-hmm. I trust you. And um, and that video, you know, I think that and Friction Burns is representative of very much of where we're at now. It is the, the lineup that we are and the music that we're trying to do. And I suppose the experience that we now have in the industry.
1: And it's wonderful that when you can find somebody who kind of gets what you want as well and also it saves your parents walls now
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely you know these guys are are just you know even after this call we're on the meeting for our next single morning. and i used to hate those meetings i used to hate planning <laughs> meetings i would just I'd, I'd just glaze over my eyes but i actually am excited to do them you know what i mean it's just a real nice place to be i've never felt more enjoyable That's the wrong English, but I never felt more (laughs) connected You know I really am enjoying it. And the creative process isn't always enjoyable. It's sometimes it's really painful and (laughs) tough, uh, obstacles everywhere. But for me at the moment, it just feels enjoyable. And I've got out of my own way a little bit and just wrote music and wrote songs. And I've loved it. I, I found it feels like I'm just kind of starting it again.
1: Oh, that's nice. It's nice when it kind of gets to that point. You know, you're kind of going, right, you guys do that bit. I'll do my bit and we'll all just enjoy it.
0: Yeah, but that's what being—that's what it is. Like, yeah. that is what it should be. It's not yeah. always what it is. I mean, we, we kept been able to gig for two and a half years, mm. trying to put all the money together to do this type of stuff. And that's the other thing people don't realize. Like, you know, bands only are able to make income by playing live music. And then that income is going back into making your videos and making your album. So it's a real cycle. And part of that cycle was removed. So for a band that would have done up to, you know, 70, 80 gigs a year to nothing, it becomes really difficult for us to actually function. And we had to be really clever and hustle really well to be able to do it. And every band's the same, you know, and I think it's important now, like I'm looking at it's, 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 we, we need to value bands and artists and, you know, bands are always the first, always the first to stand up and support charity stuff and to do yeah. those gigs. They love doing them. I love doing them. But now we kind of need a little bit of help. We need people to go to live music. We need people to rebuild the industry that has been shattered by this. And, and and that's the best way to do it. Genuinely, there's so much people can do to support it. go to live music, you know, share their stuff. It does help it really does and it's seen and we appreciate it and we need it right now
1: and buy music i'm always like buy the music
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i'm massively into vinyl like i've always had yeah. a, 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 an appreciation for vinyl but you know the whole industry is different now it is what it is we we started 17 16 years ago like 17 mm. years ago it's changed three times since we got into it so it's going to change again TikTok will be forgotten about in a year and a half it, it that's what happens with the industry but if you can just stay kind of literally connected to what it is you want to do, that's all that matters. And yeah, buying music helps. But as I said, the real consistent thing is for bands is, like it's still, the funny thing about it, Louise, is throughout the pandemic and throughout all the changes, radio is still probably the most important thing for music, for artists. But, you know, one of the things we talk about is high. it's high rotation playlisting is what bands need now. They don't need spot plays. They need high high rotation. That's it. And it feels right now. There's always an argument between radio and Irish bands, mm. and I don't want it to be arguments. We, we conflict is not going to solve this. You know, working together collectively and with respect. You know, there's no point in walking into a commercial radio station and you were forced to play such and such. They, they're a commercial station. They can do what they want. I I think it's important that we work together on on why it's important. And not for us, I'm just talking about the immense scene yeah, we have now. Everybody. It's unbelievable to see yeah. what's coming in every different genre in Ireland. And I think that is an important thing to understand. And sometimes the argument you get from radio as well, where people want, you know, Lady Gaga and they want that. And so that, that's absolutely fine. But how do you know unless you, you actually give it a chance? You know, how do you know if that's what they want? Maybe if we do start building it. And and part of that Louis, is, is on the listener, the audience, you know, radio play what people listen to. So it's it's also important that people who love radio like me, we stand up and go, well, I love I love to hear some new bands. And I'd love to discover a, a brilliant song and that isn't on Spotify. I'd love to s- discover it at mm-hmm. my local radio station. And I think that is important. It'll always be important. And it's never been more important than it is now. You know, you could be on a massive playlist on with millions of listens on your Spotify playlist, but you mightn't be able to put 20 people into a venue. I think radio still sells the venues. I think that's that's um, how how important it is. And I think that's why we should work together and not. I don't believe conflict or challenge is going to solve this. No. Um that doesn't get all. us
1: anywhere. No, it doesn't get anywhere.
0: I don't think it does. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's. we all respect that we all have different needs and different wants and stuff and <laughs> different agendas. And that's totally 100%. I think that is, you know, for me, it'd be great to sit down as an industry with the people and talk about it and figure out how does this look? What can we do? It's going to take time. And so, but as I said, fm 104 4, I've always, we're one of the, and we don't forget that, you know, we just don't. It's it's not me just saying it because I'm on FM1 4, <laughs> but it's, it truly is. I think it was um, long before fantasy or trust me and Doctor mm-hmm. FM104 were high rotation trouble, which was one of our singles. And by the by the end of that, we were selling out the Olympia, you know. And that that was uh, that was so important and and remains really important for bands.
1: So obviously, Trigger Me is out. You've lots more to come.
0: Yeah, yeah. We we have an absolute abundance of stuff that we've been working on. So yeah, we're we're in the midst of it now, and it's been busy trying to record it. And trying to write it, and yeah, I'm. I'm just. I know everyone says this when they come on to interview, so you know, I'm so excited about our new music. <laughs> but um, it's good but to am. be excited about it, you
1: know.
0: No, I am. Yeah, I am because it, I. If I've been really honest with you, you know, the last album we put out, I didn't feel it was really where I was at as a writer. I, I you know, I felt it, I felt I rushed it a bit myself. I mm-hmm. felt a little bit under pressure with it. But we've had nothing else to do for the last. Two years, so I've had time to really go deeper on what I was writing about and how I was writing it. So, yeah, it, it feels good.
1: And we look forward to hearing all of it. And obviously, people need to go buy, listen, share the the new single.
0: Yeah. But just see what you think of it. You know, see see what you think of it. Let us know what you think of it. If you hate <laughs> it, tell us you hate it. Don't tell us that. <laughs> uh, if no, you, don't if be you, telling you that. You, you, yeah, don't. If you, if you don't, just say nothing. But yeah. no, I, honestly, just engage with us on it, Like, and yeah. kind of. What we're trying to do is like a lot of our fan base would have been, you know, we were a big student band at the time and they're, you know, their students are now kind of in their thirties and we're kind of like saying it's for bands, like building into the younger generation of like, listen to this, see what you think. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a back to the, back to the garage band. We call it back to the shack is (laughs) is our our phrase for it. And that's where we're gone. We're we're literally rehearsing in the garage again. and slowly.
1: Oh, lovely. But we look forward to hearing it all. Niall, thank you for taking the time.
0: Thanks so much, Louise. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS.